Windows. The Bucks got all the right steps in Charleston. They now can try their slipper and see if it fits at the big ball. These Tennessee State Buccaneers, they're dancing, boys. Hunter Muscaro, Perea lays it up. 1.4. Perea hits it. The pass is caught. Ready for the game winner. Wide left. Bucks win. Nothing spotting for three. The place is going to erupt. Oh, Deuce Bellow. He's going to make Sports Center with an incredible. Jarvis Jones, the game winner, got it. Ball game. East Tennessee State's going to leave on another. They got him. If he catches it, it's over. Ball game. Touchdown, Jawan Stinson. 25 yards. J.J. German for the win. He got it. J.J. German and the Bucks have shocked the Bulldogs. And the sidekick. Say hello to my little friend. What's your name, man? I told you. It doesn't matter what your name is. You're handsome. You have the perfect amount of scruff. And you still have no talent. It's Sandos and the sidekick on the Buccaneers Sports Network. Jay Sandos, Mike Gallagher, happy Thursday to you as it is Sandos and the sidekick. We will have a couple things going today, a little different. Number one, a new segment, segment two, or at least it's a tryout segment. We'll see how it goes. So I got that uh, handled there. Instead of crazy coach, I thought we would go over our favorite crazy coach quotes of the year so far. I know what the leader in the clubhouse is for me. We'll see what you guys like. We do also have some crazy coach sound bites queued up. Oh, even better. Yes, yeah, yes. Three of those and a couple of them came from that list that you sent me last night. Oh, and I thought that was a phenomenal list. I think we can go over that. We can hear those. We can debate what was our favorite kind of coach moments because they always happen, right? There's every year somebody says something that's totally – uh, ignorant and uh, or just spectacular, depending on how you want to look at it. It's probably a good thing the crazy coach is not going to be on air today because he chastised us for not having more basketball clips, and pretty much everything I have is football. So. Which is great because we will we will do that at the turn uh, of the new year. It makes sense. It's very symmetrical. So that's what we're going to do there. We will also go over uh, the last segment. The I, it's not new. Four quarters. Yeah, not it's four downs. repurposing a segment for really the exact same thing, but just a new name. Okay, yeah. so the exact same thing, which means Trey's going to give us horrifically bad questions. I hope uh, except more, for the last one. I hope there's except more. for the last one. Uh-oh. Oh, I, I hope there's already. more getting to know Trey Adams because yesterday well, I liked, was Well, I like that on, on Wednesday. It needs its own deal. Yeah, I don't yeah. want to ruin four quarters with Trey. Yeah, uh, right. We already ruined everything else with Trey. Why would we do anything more with that? So, that being said, new segment, uh, segment two, or a trout segment. We'll see. It's something I used to do when I did a radio show in Florida. We'll see how it goes here. Uh, segment three, best of crazy coach, four quarters. So, the first segment, you know, not really any games. We will talk a little bit about North Carolina A&T, obviously. But there was a list that came out yesterday, and I found it probably about an hour before we went on air, and it was basically – uh, BustingBrackets.com, Joey Luce, who I read uh, a lot of his stuff throughout the year, had came up with an interesting concept to name the number one through number 351 head coaches in college basketball, which led me to obviously go, number one, where is Steve Ford? I, I, let's, let's not lie. I want to see who 351 was to start with, and it was Chicago State's uh, head coach, which, again, he went from AAU to Division One head coach, and it's his Impressive. first stint. So that being said um, – I could see why he chose that to start with. While that was 351, number one was Coach K. Who cares? Who cares? What do we want to know? Where was Steve Forbes? Would you like to venture a guess at a 351? Well, let's remember that in his four years here at ETSU, he's got winning percentages better than, like, Bill Self and Jim Bayheim and all these, like, incredible top-level coaches. Self was three for the record. Self was number three. Okay, well, then I assume that Steve Forbes has to be number one. That's where I had him? Yeah. Unfortunately, no. Oh, really? Yeah, no, shocking. Well, clearly shocking. this list has already lost all its credibility. Yeah. So, uh, but out of 351, would you assume, how about if you gave me a range? Because obviously guessing on the button would be a little difficult. Considering where ETSU's program is, one of the stronger mid-major programs in the country, largely thanks to Steve Forbes and his consistent success, uh, I would probably say anywhere from 75 to 100. Great guess. 97. 97, okay. Would you say he is the highest, or where do you think he would fit in the Southern Conference? Because now, now here's what I had. 
need to understand about this list before I answer this question. Under what criteria was it made? I can't figure it out. Okay, you can't figure it oh, out. Okay, well, because and, – and, well, I'll get into that in just a second on why. Because if we're talking about coaching prospects, quote-unquote, you know how everybody does their big board with the NFL, NBA, it's mm-hmm. in prospects. Mm-hmm. Uh, Major League Baseball is big for it as well with their minor league system. It's an 18-year-old that hasn't produced anything but has all these tools is going to be projected, you know, much higher sure. than a guy that's 24, 25 in the minors. Something I never had in life potential. Yeah, exactly. It's it's So if there's a lot of years ahead of a certain coach, um, like there are a, a few young coaches here in the Southern Conference that I think could garner some interest in that sense. I think he may be second or third. Um, but in terms of pedigree, I mean, he very well could be number one. I, I'm having a tough time with that. I think he deserves to be number one. Uh, but I, I'm waffling based on criteria. He uh, he is Good. in the Southern Conference listed Good. number one, Good. and they mention and again, so I don't understand the list. They mention because of him being uh, a good recruiter on other staffs like Marshall, Pearl, some other. So I'm kind of confused. Plus, he was a successful junior college coach. But number two in the Southern Conference has me a little baffled because it's Bobby Ritchie using, and he's at Furman. Obviously, Furman's ranked top 25. They got big wins. But that being said. They list all the things Coach Forbes had done in his coaching career. Career, Bob Ritchie had been with Nick Medvedev, Nico Medvedev, uh, at Furman, and then took over for Nico. So what has he done else? Nothing really. So that means he's in front of Mike Young at Wofford, who's at 148, who's had multiple NCAA, I think three to be exact, NCAA tournaments, and has been a head coach for 27 years uh, rather Division Two or Division One level, and then Wes Miller is 195, who also has been to an NCAA tournament and has won regular season championships multiple. That one strikes me as a bit low if we're talking about guys that have bright futures ahead of them. Right. He was linked to a lot of major jobs. He's already been linked to if Danny Manning gets fired at Wake Forest. Or there are people are all over. The Bobby for this list, it's, that's the only one that strikes me as a Johnny come lately. I get why Steve Forbes would be ahead of Wes Miller. I get why Mike Young would be ahead yeah. of Wes Miller. I do not get where Bobby Ritchie is ahead of Wes Miller and Mike Young. That's where I had an issue. Now again, I, I didn't fully break down the the three fifty one because it wasn't in a very good list format. It was ten per page. You had to keep clicking, and uh, it's, there's a lot of names, and it caught they me. They got to get guard. their metrics up. You know, that's so, just a marketing decision. I just need – right, absolutely, because you get 48 clicks exactly. as opposed – I'm the only idiot I know of that clicked on every single one of them to try to find and probably click back and forth to find different people after a while to see where guys were. So I found – I did find that those are great talking points, right, for people like us to sit here, talk about uh, – and I like that Coach Forbes was in the top 100. Yes. I feel like that, that's well-deserved. I think when you talk about guys who are linked to other jobs, if that's part of the criteria, if you're not in the power five, I think clearly Coach Forbes – and. It, Bobby Ritchie continues. His name will be there. And yep. Wes Miller. Yep. Mike Young is not. He's probably not going to leave Wofford at this point in time. He's kind of like uh, Mike Ayers. Uh, he's at a private school. They can probably pay him whatever, and they don't have to report what they're paying him and some other things that are going on. Um, you know, at one point in time, they had the blank uh, checkbook with Jerry Richardson. Now, he sold the Panthers for like a billion dollars, so maybe billion, it yeah. even has more, uh, depending on how they want to deal with his lawsuits and want to have his name attached. But he certainly could write checks that – could could go cash that nobody would know about. You know, he could pay for somebody's house and nobody would know about it. So uh, I certainly think when you look at who is going to be represented where, I like the idea. I love stuff like that, right? That's what it, it gives me something to just yell at the screen about. And that's what Joey Luce, I'm sure, wanted. And, uh, you know, you get into his top 15, 20, it would be hard to argue. I mean, do you want to argue – Roy Williams is better than Coach K because he's won at multiple places. Do you have that top 15 or top 20? Is that uh, well, that for sh- well, I can tell you the top five off the top of my head for sure. Uh, one is uh, Mike Krzyzewski. Two was Roy Williams. Three was Bill Self. Four was uh, Calipari. And then five was Bayheim. Uh, Jim Bayheim at Syracuse. So, Fair again, it, it hard. And even in the top ten, Mark Few was in the top ten. I mean, you start looking at some other names and you're just going, okay, that's – it, top 15 really was more of still the who's who name people that you would not really are exactly you it would be there at the top programs or the blue bloods are there this that and other once you got into the 25 30 there were a couple of names i kind of went eh, i don't again i didn't know the criteria so there was a lot of that but anyway i found that very interesting to open the show with as far as that goes now we have a little bit of time etch women's basketball tonight seven o'clock it'll be on the buccaneer sports network you're on the air six thirty. 
Yeah, and this is a team tonight, North Carolina A&T, that came off nearly upsetting the defending national champion, South Carolina, last year in the NCAA tournament. It was 63-52, to 52, the final. I mean, that would have been probably, I think, in the history of women's basketball at the NCAA tournament level, the biggest upset of all time. Didn't happen, of course. you got to get over the hump. They didn't. Um, you don't see a lot of 116-215 uh, seeding upsets like that. But they gave them a run for their money. But this year, my goodness, I mean, you could not have a more stark contrast night versus day from 2017-18 to 2018-19. They're coming off Monday afternoon, and I'm not sure what happened, but it was a 53-50 loss to Johnson C. Smith University, your favorite Division II school. So they are 2-6. and six. They've only beaten Western Ooh. Carolina and Winston-Salem State. And Western Carolina has only beaten Young Harris, who are a uh, Division II, um, and then one other lower-end Division I school as well. But, I mean, North Carolina A&T, Terrell Robinson, when he took over seven years ago, I, I mean, they've – had a lot of success under him, 19-plus wins five of the last six years, and he's really um, a guy that you know was at North Carolina A&T as a player on the men's side and then has come back. And it's a it's a very feel-good story, but this year is an absolute trade. They actually have a good arena. They're right outside Durham, and I mean, it's, a, it's a nice little arena. We uh, ETSU men's team played there a couple years ago. matter of fact, saw Furman's women play North Carolina A&T, which was a win for North Carolina A&T. Yeah a few years ago so um, I've seen him coach and play that's a now again as most teams they're much better in that building than away from that building yeah and I mean they've they won like 19 of their last 20 last year to get to the NCAA tournament they're in the MEAC you know it's not a traditional basketball power conference um, clearly they have some non-conversations but last year they also started two and six and then went on that long run so I'll be interested to see how Eric Haynes Overton Raven Dean who's returning tonight and the rest of the Bucks that are available we'll see if any of the other four that have been injured are able to come back, uh, Najee Stephanie, Jada Craig, Micah Sheets, and Shania Jackson, if they're able to come back and, and put forth some good minutes or if they'll be eased into it if they're back at all. ETS, you can just use some bodies, and I'll be interested to see after the kind of dressing down, I guess I'd say, of uh, Coach Zell to her team after that uh, – Bad first half, just flat out bad first half. Where they scored 14 points, had more turnovers than points. The other team had more offensive rebounds than they had points. Uh, you can see on Twitter, uh, she clearly did not mince any words with us when she talked uh, at halftime with us and post game as well. And I'm guessing the same message was to the team. So they showed some resolve in that second half to come back against UNC Asheville before losing 56 to 55. But tonight's another one of those games. You know, the opponent is struggling. You'd like to kind of put your foot down and stop the long run of what at this point I, I think you'd have to say, and I don't mean to be harsh, but futility at this point in the season. You know, they've shown some good things the last five games beating Appalachian State and losing the other four by 18 combined points. But those results have to start coming, especially considering You've only got four more non-conference games before you have that two-week break, and then conference play starting January 12th. Well, you got to get the, the, you know, uh, sometimes a battleship right's the toughest to turn. Obviously, it's not quick, so if you can kind of get it steered in the right yeah. direction before you get the conference play, and if players are back, I think it's certainly imperative. I've been kind of preaching that the last several weeks on the show to get them game action so that they are ready to go. Because right now, you, you are playing for. Uh, an opportunity to get to the NCAA tournament by going through the Southern Conference, yep. by uh, either winning the regular season, which gets you the, to uh, uh, at least an NIT berth, WNIT, or you know get you a good seat so that you can try to win the three days, uh, actually it's four days because there's a day off in the women's tournament, the four right. days in Asheville to try to get to the NCAA tournament or at least get a championship game again as a one or two. So that way, again, you have postseason play, which at this point in time would obviously be something – to put in your cap to say, look what we did, went through the first part of the year, all the adversity, all the injuries. Now we're moving forward and past it. So, so yeah, I mean, I'm excited to see how Raven Dean does coming back tonight. Hopefully she is um, very vivacious coming back to the court after missing that one game. And uh, Erica Haynes-Overton, after fouling out um, and having that offensive foul on the last possession, well, second-to-last possession of regulation against UNC Asheville. Um, and, obviously, how does the team respond to um, being kind of lit into by Coach Zell. This is a very key game in that sense in the grand scheme of the season when you laid down the law like Coach Zell did. How does the team come back from it? Hopefully uh, there's uh, a lot more of the second half from last game than the first half. That's tonight, 7 o'clock, ETSU versus North Carolina A&T inside Brooks Gym. 6.30 airtime on the Buccaneer Sports Network. We'll have coverage for you of that. Me and Jacob Townsend tomorrow on Jacob's Last Day will break down that contest and look forward to the men's game against the Fighting Illini of Illinois Saturday, 2 p.m. there, 1.30 airtime for me against uh, – well, not just me, but the team against Illinois as well. I'm, I'm certainly trying to pull them through, but I don't dribble a basketball, and if you've seen me dribble a basketball, I don't – 
think you'll see me dribble it anymore. So that'll do it for our first segment, Sanderson Psychic. When we come back, there's a large girthy man. Is that a good way to describe that, uh, sitting uh, off to the right that's awkwardly staring at us? I don't us? know him well enough to call him girthy, so I'll leave that to you. Okay. Well, uh, Big Country uh, is, is with us. He has a very interesting take on sports generally. We're going to get uh, his take of the day right after this time. Out to your word from Sanderson Sidekick on the Buccaneer. Sports Network. Dashing down the street with candles all aflame By car, by horse, by feet Hooray for holiday games Very small and bright A scratchable delight What fun it is to play and give Holiday games tonight Holiday games, holiday games Holiday instant games Oh, what fun they are to play Throughout the holidays Give the gift of holiday instant games Only from the Tennessee Lottery Game-changing fun Please play responsibly Wow, am I happy about my new Wow Rate e-checking account at Citizens Bank. I got a huge rate on my deposit and great account features. With that sort of a deal, I'm saving for much-needed bucks tickets to cheer on my team. Learn more about Wow Rate e-checking accounts at CitizensBank24.com. Wow Rate e-checking accounts at CitizensBank24.com. Go Bucks! Make your own way. Citizens Bank member FDIC. Looking to promote your business but don't know the best avenue? Stand out from the crowd and go big with billboards. We're Allison Outdoor, and we're the new guys in town. Whether it's digital or traditional billboards, our locations span the Tri-Cities. If you're looking for high exposure for a day, a year, or anything in between, we have rates and packages for you. Call Nick Stickley for pricing at 423-360-4809 or allisonoutdoor.com. And go Bucks! Every year, the family counts on you to make the holidays happen, so enjoying them yourself can sometimes be a struggle. Thankfully, Food City's here to help. Convenient services like curbside pickup, fresh-baked goods, in-house butchers, made-to-order deli trays, and more mean less time preparing and more time sharing. So go ahead, trim the tree, deck the halls, or dash through snow. Whatever your holiday traditions, make the most of them. Food City, how the holidays happen. Today and every day, the Johnson City Way. Johnson City Hyundai is proud to support East Tennessee State Athletics. Excellence in education, teamwork and trust, success and understanding. They are the core values that drive the ETSU Athletics program to excellence. ETSU Athletics and Johnson City Honda, a winning combination. The Johnson City Way. Today and every day, Johnson City Honda is committed to bringing the Tri-Cities a truly unique way to buy a new Honda or a certified pre-owned Honda. It's a way of business we like to call the Johnson City Way. When you come to Johnson City Honda, you can have the confidence in knowing you're getting a great deal along with outstanding customer service that will last long after the sale. We invite you to come by today and shop our outstanding selection of vehicles and experience a different way, an easy way, our way, the Johnson City way. Johnson City Honda, proud to support the ETSU Athletics Program. Today and every day, the Johnson City way. Johnson City Honda, Johnson City. Sandos and the Sidekick, segment two of today's episode. It is Thursday. The next segment, Crazy Coach Sound Bites of this week and the year. We'll talk about what uh, we found is the best sound bites of the season. It's our final week of the show until we get to the new year, just travel schedules and other things going on. We'll be back with you once uh, we get to 2019. But a new segment. I'll preview this just a little bit. When I ran a radio show down in Florida, I would have a weekly caller. Uh, although he didn't live in Florida, he would call in and big country would give us his take on the week and get people fired up over things. And that's sort of his main goal is to see uh, if his take is going to get you one way or another. And so he reached out, said, I think I can do the same thing for your podcast. I said, I'll tell you what, I'll give you a one-week shot. One show <laughs> shot. Here you go. You get one shot. Bring something to the table. Uh, me, Mike, Trey will vote on it later and decide if it's worthy of a weekly segment. But uh, that being said, uh, that's why I didn't make an intro because this could be a one-hit wonder. I understand. You could, you could be, I don't know, you could be Billy Ray Cyrus of our show. So there we go. <laughs> Big Country speaks a little bit of an unknown language. Okay. Uh, and so you may have to listen closely to some of the words he says because it's, uh, he makes fun of my English language, but he has his own. All right. That being said, sir, welcome to the show. Your take. Oh, thank you. Happy to be here. Uh, this week I was... 
contemplating on some different issues. I heard Mike bring up uh, the playoffs and his dissatisfaction with the all-inclusiveness uh, of the Southern Conference in their playoff bracket. So I thought maybe we'd discuss that a little bit there and try to avoid the college playoffs, but just playoffs in general. Great. Uh, another issue that I that I came up with was the Adam Advento comment. If, if the Buck fans don't know who that is, that is a relief pitcher for the Colorado Rockies who has come out and apparently was in a discussion with his former uh, AAA uh, pitching coach and said that he would strike out Babe Ruth every time. So that that is a interesting com- comment, and it's interesting in a broader sense in that we do a lot of debating about different errors and was this person. There's right now oh you boy. have Kobe saying, <laughs> "I can see where this is going." <laughs> you know who is is LeBron better than Jordan? Stuff and and we've gotten into these debates so often. It's it's no longer interesting to me to hear somebody's opinion. It's it, what's interesting to me is the criteria that they choose. You know, he came out and his criteria was a little bit uh, obscure. He said. Well, the guy ate hot dogs. So and drank beer. And drank beer. So does that mean that modern uh, athletic nutritional programs are better? That's that's certainly <laughs> obvious. Uh, he, he talked about his swing. So was he able to decipher based upon these grainy 1925 videos that his swing is not going to be on par? I don't know. So I thought, well, I'll come to the experts see what they had to say about this particular. Well, first of all, just a quick backstory. He knows my infinity for Babe Ruth and my love fest and <laughs> documentaries and everything I own on Babe Ruth. So I find it entertaining that he went straight for the jugular on this one. <laughs> the only th- and, and the only other thing that would have probably got me fired up is if we would have got into the Tyson-Ali uh, debate at some point in time, which I'm sure he'll bring up at a later show. But I'll get your th- – he knows where I'm going to come from this at. So, Mike, I'll let you have the floor so, first. So should I just go with the Babe Ruth angle first? You, you can start at the Babe Ruth angle and how stupid – Advento is or okay. or smart, right. and then and then we can expand it from there. Uh, so baseball being a sport I played my whole life, played in college. Um, I, I'm around baseball guys a lot, have been around them a lot, and continue to stay in touch with my teammates. It's just how it goes when you're you know uh, in a locker room with a guy for three four years. You um, obviously develop friendships, and that's the great part about sports. And so I, I still have debates with some of my former teammates uh, about. Um, ways to better the game and uh, eras certainly come into play where we talk about, uh, you know, a Babe Ruth and uh, guys that were, you know, a Warren Spahn, a Satchel Page, you know, guy, what were they throwing back then? That's what I've always wondered. It, and it's, I'm sure there's studies out there that have tried to break that down. But as you said, the graininess, the almost kind of Bigfoot type footage that they have where it's like, eh, off in the distance, what's that? You know, it's tough to tell. Um, I am of the belief that a pitcher, the average pitcher, let's say right now, because velocities have climbed throughout the years, even in my lifetime, uh, let alone going back to the 1920s, um, that that he would probably have a pretty good shot against many of the players from that era. Now, Babe Ruth, you're talking about a legend, uh, and I, I'm not surprised that you have an affinity with Babe Ruth. You and Babe Ruth have a, a few things yeah, in common. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not sure that uh, you have hit as many home runs on air that he hit in real life, but uh, that being said, you you and him, I, I can see being akin to each other. Oh, uh, now, he's better than you up there. So, wow. but with Just because here's he yes. bringing it. Because, here yeah. it comes. With, here it comes. <laughs> at, what is his name? Adam Avatento or whatever. That's close enough. Okay, so Triple uh, A pitch. I'm That's not, worthy. I'm now not, he's he's a big league pitcher. He's, he's now good. A big league pitcher. Yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure that I would back the theory that he would uh, strike out Babe Ruth every time, but if we're talking about 99% of pitchers right now versus 99% of pitch, uh, hitters from then. Uh, I have a hard time believing that most would stand a chance against the modern-day pitcher. Mm. What do you think, Jay? Well, again, uh, it's all relative because you're taking that player as he is, not getting any advantages. So if Babe Ruth were alive today playing in the shorter ballparks, in the ball that flies much further, in fences that are far shorter, he played at Ebbets Field, which was 500 all the way around and still hit home runs out of there. Right. So, so he would be pitching. The, the pitcher, against. again, pitches for Colorado. Right. I don't want to bring that up. The new Lotch angle is the Babe Ruth angle of just get it in the air and let her fly. So I don't know how much that is. Now, 
bat speed and stuff, what the bats he was using then compared to the bats now. So I think, I think, it, I think it's relative. Back, if you yeah. take old person and don't do anything to them and dig them up and put them there, yes, probably modern-day <laughs> guy does. If you give the advantages to that person in today's world, I have to believe that Babe Ruth – who hit more home runs than eight teams in a year one year, would figure out how to hit a guy who had a 5.06 ERA in Colorado. I'm just – he can't strike out Jed Lowry. He's going to strike out Babe Ruth. You That's, could go the other direction, too. You could put the, the modern-day guy back to hot dogs sure. and beer and having to pitch with a dead ball that's like hitting a wet tennis ball. I mean – there's tons of it, but wasn't the uh, mound much higher at that right, time? Right, yeah, it was an inch higher. But, but I, w- I will say this, in a little bit of defense where the game has changed, you could argue because there was no interleague play, right? So Babe Ruth literally faced the same ten teams like 100 times. Then um, they didn't have really mid-relievers. That wasn't even heard of. Closers were still not new. So you could argue he probably faced the same 20, 25 guys in the year the whole year. So I will give you, because of the specialty of that, that would change things dramatically for all players that hit back then. But are you telling me now Mickey Mantle also wouldn't be able – Ted Williams at 400 would now somehow not be able to hit because they bring in a mid-reliever, who, again, had a 5.06 ERA in Colorado against today's world. I always argued when you expand, you let guys in the league who shouldn't be in the league. And people always still argue with me to that. But if you shortened today's teams down and took 120-guy pitchers off the rosters, now how is everybody doing? Because that's a little more relevant. This is a microchasm of every argument that we've ever had in our office about sports. Is Basically, do you believe that the game has advanced to the point of people in the past not being able to compete? And I've always said with modern sports, Yes, is my general answer, simply because of uh, the size, athleticism, velocity in this case. Um, and, and, and you're absolutely right with uh, the balls flying longer, the ballparks being smaller. Uh, I tend to think that, and, and again, it, I'm not saying Avatenta or whatever his name is, versus Ruth would certainly go one way, but on the whole, an average of players uh, would be able to, you know, uh, succeed on the pitching mound we have now with the ball we have now in the ballparks we have now against those players I think that when we break down the type of hitter that would have success I think the singles hitters like the or quote-unquote singles hitters like the Ted Williams the the contact guys would have more of a chance to succeed against some of these pitchers because those to me have always uh, struck me as the smarter hitters quote-unquote where the guys that are going to hit a lot of bombs and Babe Ruth was a let's just be let's be very transparent here he was an incredible athlete to succeed at the level he did with what he did away from the field. I mean, that is incredible without any of the programs, without any of that stuff. So to your point, one of the greatest natural athletes, and keep in mind we're talking about a fat guy that ate hot dogs and drank beer all the time. Missed half a season with gonorrhea. Right. But we're talking Only about – Only half a season. Yeah. So that or back. I mean, incredible that he was able to do everything he did. So imagine him now, again, to your point, in all these programs with all the advantages that these players do have. I still tend to think that Babe Ruth uh, would not have the chance to make a lot of contact. I, I don't think he would get struck out every time. But I don't think he's squaring balls up against a lot of the guys that are throwing – really, what is it right now? Like 96 is like the average fastball in the majors. I mean, it's pretty incredible. Yeah, I, I, uh, I think the – average athlete back then probably doesn't play that. Again, just just think of it this way. the In between all Americans at ETSU at offensive line, John Walton, Judge John Walton, the 1969 Grand Rice team, was 169 pounds. Matt mm-hmm. Pike's three bills. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's different, right? Three bills right? at center, which yes, is traditionally yeah. the smallest yeah. offensive line Right, position. and John Walton's going to play a different position on this team. But that, again, it wasn't how everything changed. I mean, there were guys that – didn't play professional baseball year-round because they'd have other jobs because the game, they weren't making millions. They, I mean, even Mickey Mantle had a different job. Joe DiMaggio had a different job. They, they didn't play baseball year-round right. like they do now. So there's right. so many different yeah. advantages to, to watch. So it's very hard to – now, my argument is that Babe Ruth would be fine. Would he hit 714? <laughs> I, don't, right. I don't know about that. But he would, hit, he would have some home runs that got out of the yard that didn't get out of the yard back then, sure. but he would also – he would have a tougher time because he's facing just different elements. You know, travel, they took trains, they did all that. He only traveled to, you know, again, ten cities. He didn't have to travel everywhere else that everybody else did. So there's a lot of different things you could factor in. I think Babe Ruth, because 
of his size, and he was uh, abnormally large for a player back then, that I think he would be fine. I think the average player would have zero right. shot. If, again, you're given everything that is today without giving them the benefit of the doubt that they get a train year round. They get to it. If you're just taking them as is, picking them up and putting them down, I think then that that's always – going to be the case. Bottom line, is it ridiculous for a triple-A pitcher to make the bold statement that he would strike out Babe Ruth every time? That's egregious. At first, I don't like the guy simply because he hasn't even made the show and he's already saying stuff like that. Like, where do you get off? I, I mean, this we're talking about the guy that has I mean, the again, second He was with runs. the Rockies in 17 and he got in uh, 63 games, 53 innings. He had a 506 ERA. Like, uh, if Roger Clemens comes to me and says, you know what, I want all these Cy Youngs and Nolan Ryan and they say, You've earned it. there you go. You've earned that Who take. in the world <laughs> <laughs> Joe Avento, is that who we're talking about? Like, I don't, just, I'm confused. I, don't, I, just, I would certainly be rooting for Babe Ruth in this circumstance. There's no. Well, doubt. I'll just say this: uh, he did average. He does average a strike, and again, he's give him a lot of hits, but he does average a strikeout, Power m- more strikeout than innings pitch. But he gave up, you know, almost a hit an inning. So I don't know. I mean, again, if you can't strike out everybody in today's game, are you telling me one of the greatest of greats? wouldn't be able to figure out how to foul tip one. I mean, you're telling me, wouldn't be able to accidentally put one in play. I mean, that's what's laughable. I, I, think, I think it's to say that he wouldn't be very successful is one thing. To say that he wouldn't even get a hit and would not only get a hit, he would strike out every yeah. single time is where he lost me, right? Yeah. Like, that, that's, that's where he lost Fair. me. Well, he, he, he made another bold comment that I thought was maybe even more bold because it's more realistic. He said that if you speak to the, quote, older people in the game now, the Todd Heltons, that they would admit <laughs> to you. That's what he called Todd Helton. Yeah. They would say, yes, the game has progressed so much that we are no longer effective, even if you've only been in the league for less than 20 years. I thought, now that is bold there. Has it progressed? That's debatable. Has it progressed to the point in the past 20 years where a Kirby Puckett would come out right now and, and hit 150? I don't think so. Yeah, I think that is a outlandish statement that the last 20 years. Now, the game certainly has changed with the introduction of all the different sabermetrics and things like that and the new styles of coaching. Yeah, power hitters are encouraged to strike out more. Sure, but, I mean, it's, yeah, there's been a dynamic shift just in the thinking behind baseball. I get that, but. I I don't think Todd Helton will be coming to anybody and just being like, oh man, I would have no chance getting any. Dude hit like three seventy one year. Yeah, I mean, you're telling ridiculous. me you're telling me Del Murphy, right? Yeah. Yeah. Could couldn't and he's still a large man to this day. Uh, like Couldn't could just get back in the box. If we're I mean, if we're on. popping back 80, 90 years, like okay, but don't tell me that guys from the eighties and nineties, like now now again, what am I, I'm probably going against my own take here because I think that LeBron is, is would you know take down Jordan, right? So I'm going a bit against my era. That's a different subject. It is, it is, and we can save that. But I, I think. Baseball has a stark contrast from 90 years ago to now. I don't think it has changed in terms of uh, physicality the way that basketball has. So that's where my, I delineate between the arguments. I mean, at least where Vinnett would have an advantage was he would be allowed to do some true brushbacks without being feared of ejections because back sure. in the day you could you hit somebody in the head with no helmet and it was, it was fine. It very much got him dead. And you'd do. <laughs> so, I mean, as a pitcher back then, as a power pitcher, he would he would thrive in some of those environments now where they still police the game as they do, but it's still like you get suspended for Hey, I mean, you could you could police the game pretty good back then and not have anything. So yeah. if a guy hit a homer off of you three weeks ago, it was not frowned upon to ear hole him the next time. Uh, you do have uh, to so remember think, uh, there was no DH, so you had to face those guys too. If oh. you ear hole somebody, you better be ducking yourself. So, yeah. Is that all you got today? That's, that's, all, we, that's all we got time today. Uh, you only got a 15-minute segment, buddy. Right. We didn't give it into the playoffs. I know, I know. We upset on that for okay. now. <laughs> no, no, we'll talk about that. Uh, listen, we've talked about that. Well, he was talking if uh, CS playoffs, not uh, FBS. Oh, so gotcha. we, we were okay. able to – because Southern Conference got hosed to not getting enough teams in. It was, uh, and then not getting the seed, I think, was the other issue we were going to have with that. But, all right, we'll step aside for time. When we come back, Crazy Coach Bites. Best of. Uh, and we'll have that. We'll vote on it and uh, maybe even let Trey talk a little bit. We'll see about all that. Right. And outside of this time, outside of Saki, don't forget to download us on SoundCloud and on iTunes. This is the Buccaneer Sports Network. Ballot Health is an integrated healthcare system built to meet the local needs in Northeast Tennessee and Southwest Virginia. Together with community, we're transforming our region. We're making communities healthier. We're expanding access to critical services in rural areas. And we're investing in health research and medical education. It's your story. 
we're listening. Ballot Health is proud to be the official health care provider of ETSU Athletics. Go Bucks! The Carnegie Hotel is Johnson City's only AAA four-diamond property that is unique, tranquil, and brimming with character, just adjacent to East Tennessee State University. When it's time to dine, Wellington's Restaurant in the Carnegie Hotel is the place to be, serving breakfast, lunch, and dinner in grand style. And why not come indulge yourself at Austin Springs Spa, located right inside the Carnegie Hotel. East Tennessee's premier full-service spa provides everything you need to rejuvenate, revive, and renew. The Carnegie Hotel, 16 State of Franklin Road in Johnson City. Nothing says breakfast like maple syrup. And nothing says breakfast any time of day like Wendy's new bacon maple chicken sandwich. Applewood smoked bacon, juicy chicken, sweet maple glaze on a croissant bun. It gives you all the great breakfast flavors when you're awake enough to enjoy them. So stop by Wendy's and enjoy the bacon maple chicken sandwich whenever you want. Participating Wendy's for a limited time. Mulligan Hardwood Flooring is a beautiful addition to any room. Enjoy the luxury of hardwood flooring in your home with Mulligan's pre-finished, sold, or engineered, ready-to-install selection of beautiful hardwood flooring and a wide variety of domestic and exotic species. Please visit the following Johnson City locations to learn more. Dockery's Floor Covering, House of Paneling, Carpet and Door Mart, and K&M Flooring. Kingsport locations include Dalton Direct Carpets, Custom Floors by Carlin, El Providence Flooring and Paint. Visit the Smile Floor Service in Bristol. Trust the clear leader in quality hardwood flooring, Mulligan Flooring. General Shale is proud to support ETSU basketball and Southern Conference fans everywhere. Want to make the most of game day? Now you can design your dream home during pregame or halftime. The new My Designs app by General Shale lets you design custom projects right from your phone or tablet. Choose from up to 10 building types designed with over 50 of our most popular brick and stone colors. You can even share your designs with your friends. Download the My Designs app by General Shale on the App Store or visit MyDesignsApp.com to design your dream project today. The ETSU Coaches Show, back on Mondays for the basketball season. After leading their teams to the Southern Conference Championship game last year, Steve Forbes and Brittany Izell return to Wild Wing Cafe every Monday night to chat with Voice of the Bucks' Jay Sandos about the quest to get their squads to the NCAA tournament. Every Monday through early March, make sure to tune in at 6 p.m. to hear from the heads of ETSU men's and women's basketball right here on WXSM AM 640, the Extreme Sports Monster. I got 22 excuses, 11 on my offense and 11 on my defense. A red zone defense is like Oprah, like you get a touchdown, you get a touchdown, you get a touchdown. We tried to recruit bigger, better players to come play for us, but they went to good schools. Uh, I got a bunch of mama's boys right now, and uh, we just won't buck up and bore an axe, and we got to get through that. We couldn't do diddly, poo, offensively. Mike, why are you in such a bad mood? What do you care? If you were two and seven, you'd be in a bad mood too. Hello? You play to win the game. I just hope we can win a game. Well, we didn't block him, But we made up for it by not tackling. Ben Wallace and Mo Williams fell down more than a baby learning to walk. Thursday, crazy coach Thursday. No crazy coach today gave him the day off because we're going to recap a best of, if you will, some of the best sound bites of this season, all football sound bites. And uh, I'm going to tell you what our favorites are, and I have a feeling I know what uh, – well, I think I know what yours is going to be, but we'll, I'll, we'll wait and see. Hmm, interesting. Well, let's do some from this past week first. Uh, and then we can get to the best of because there were some we had prepared for Crazy Coach, and usually we get his take on it, but we could just laugh about these because they're pretty good. Uh, first one is actually baseball-related. We went, we got mm. uh, Harold Baines and Lee Smith yes. the other day on the show, and here's the legendary Tony LaRusa going at yes, it with Mike crazy. Mad Dog Russo. He had people in that room that voted for him, and then later on a bunch of you guys called a bunch of donkeys, and one guy even said that it was cronyism. Not really upset about but that I, because I feel I, that way to a certain degree. That it was crony? Well, you, you think, managed think, him. You got Alomar who played with him. You don't think I respect all of him? I didn't say did. Oh, but, you you have, but you do have four guys on that committee who have a direct relationship with the player that you put in the Hall of Fame that everybody in America thinks is not a Hall of Famer. That's going to make people yeah, think that there's a little, Yeah, yeah there's a lot of... Tony, Tony, trust me. I deal with them all the time. Most people think this is a thing. You know what would be good? I, I, would, I would love to get into a legitimate confrontation debate where we pull out the stuff that we looked at and you tell me that we <laughs> official 
that you look at, I guarantee you. You think he's a better player than Steve Garvey? He's not a better player than Garvey. I'm not saying he's a better player than Steve Steve Garvey should be there too then. Harold Baines is a Hall of Famer, and it's a shame that now he's being looked at as uh, not ready. Don't you think that a Hall of Famer, if he's a Hall of Famer, should have a year or two in his career where he wins an MVP? Do you know in the... No. Why not? Because longevity, excellence over... In the 80s and 90s, all, almost every one of the offensive stats that people trust, he was in the top four or five for 20 years. I, no he, he drove in 100 runs late in his career, and he drove right. in early. He's well, game-winning RBIs. He's up there with the best of them. He had a very distinguished career that you got to pick. I agree. He had a good career. But did he ever lead the league in any categories? Uh, he led the league in, in game, game-winning RBIs. Uh, again, uh, uh, you know, RBIs, count. run scores, batting average. They did he ever count. lead the league in any of those categories once? Game-winning RBIs. I, R, did he ever lead the league in RBIs? He's leading. He's leading. Average. He's leading the the, uh, the Hall of Fame candidates in number of base hits, almost at three thousand. You think he's a better player than Al Oliver? He's just, Al, Al Oliver is not better than he is. Oh yeah, Al, I don't Oliver, is. Al Oliver. Al Oliver is a 306 lifetime hitter. He's got 2,748. I still watch hits. you because I thought you knew the game. Oh, Al Oliver is a great player. He's not a Hall of Fame. I'm gonna start nicknaming you Clueless. <laughs> so, Coach Lewis, a Hall of Fame inductee himself in 2014. Uh, of course, longtime manager of the Cardinals amongst other uh, teams. But that was fantastic. And and, uh, and I loved it. I uh, thought they made both good points. I mean. I mean, it's success over a long time. You can't discount that. Yeah, the, 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 a part of that's longevity, right? Part of it is longevity. It's not just the and, – and I agree. Like, you, do you, you don't have to win. The, the, how many people were in there that didn't win the MVP? Yeah. That was the weakest argument. Yeah. I like, I get, like, right. okay, did he lead the league in anything? Well, I, I don't know that there are guys that had to lead the league because you can do a lot of things well. And so, uh, I mean, I my thing is is for, for Hall of Fame, when you say the name – like you, it's yes or no. Like, like I don't. Harold Baines. If, if no. you if you have to debate, you have to sit here and think about it. To right. me, it's a no, right? Yeah. To me, uh, and I'm not discounting Harold or anybody else's career. I'm just saying, to me, uh, personally speaking, on me, I think that when you say somebody's name, it should it should automatically be a I yes like or criteria. no. criteria, sure. And when I say Harold Baines, I, I'm not thinking. When I say Lee Smith, I'm just not thinking Hall of Famer. Now, I I, I thought the weakest part of Larusse's argument was the well, yeah, he led the league in game-winning RBIs. I don't even know where to find game-winning RBIs as a stat. That's not on stat pages anywhere. So it's like, do we have to go that obscure to find a guy that now do you necessarily have to lead the league in a lot of things? Eh, no, I don't think so. But Harold Bain's stats were not, and we don't have to get in the whole debate. Yeah, but. And, and, and I think Lee, Lee Smith was one of those guys that was kind of a trailblazer as the closer thing was kind of coming along. And then he played for so – I think that's the one thing that hurts Lee is because – he played for so many teams. Like, it was one of those where, like, generally speaking, a lot of Hall of Fame guys, maybe one, two, three teams. You don't see guys playing for 12 teams or whatever. I mean, it's very – Gaylord Perry aside, there's very few guys that that played for, like, 12 teams that gets in a Hall of Fame. I also think that – because how did Baines get it? Was it the Veterans Committee? Yes. Writers voted, like, 9% or something. And so I, I think yeah. it's also media versus people on the inside, right, is the kind of micro-debate that's going on here because Mad Dog, I'm sure, thinks see, the media got it right, and, 9%. But then the Veterans Committee gets them in, well, there's got to be something going see, on. See, and I think the Baseball Hall of Fame has it just they – are, they are so bent on whatever their obscure thought process is where I think other Hall of Fames celebrate the game and the players so there's not as much, right? A, they let more people in. And I don't know if you feel like that's better or worse, whatever. And then some, you know, let in guys that played in a certain era after a certain time. There's a certain thing. But to me, a, a Hall of Fame is more celebrated. The the thing about the Baseball Hall of Fame is so laughable that guys spend more time worrying about if they should vote for him the first time. Like, he's a Hall of Famer, but I'm not going to vote the first time. Well, what yeah. in the world does that matter? Right. Who cares? Uh, if he's a Hall of Famer, to me, again, he's a Hall of Famer, vote for him. If you had enough to get in the first time, great. If you didn't think he's as great as other first who cares? They're, it says Hall of Fame, right? They got they got a jacket. It says Hall of Fame. I don't understand what they – so that's what bothers me about the Baseball Hall of Fame is those guys are so bent on themselves – uh, and voting, they, about that, them. they do, and so yeah. that's what I think. Just all the other sports do a great job of celebrating 
the game and they let more people in and there's people of different era and 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 granted baseball is the most statistically driven thing of anything in the world and and it just is Especially so now. so they argue over a lot of things that again is hard to quantify because again you've mentioned game has changed with different stats steroids is now thrown into it what okay. what what does does Baines had uh, averaged uh, 98 RBIs over 20 years compared to guys now that strike out 250 times but have 100 RBIs so where do right. where do you draw the line so I think that's hard for people and then you got the steadfast folks all right I also enjoyed the fact that he just swore all over the show, and it was MLB Network, and no one cared. That was great. This is my favorite one this week, and maybe my favorite one of the entire first three months of our show from Les Miles. The, the style of football that we'll play, the um, community recognition of our players will 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 grow. Uh, the opportunity to get out and and do uh, community enhancement and be involved with, uh, um, you know, the the. Uh, um, be involved with the the, um, the, the, the many um, things. <laughs> <laughs> I'm having a little uh, heartfelt here. I'm having a little heartfelt here. Just, can I just give it up to the Mad Hatter? Many Nobody owns a press conference things. like Les Miles. I just I, there's just Kansas is going to be terrible, but it's going to be fun. It's going to be a fun. It's just, it, college football is better with him there. I'm sorry, yes, it I just agree. is. I agree. He's one of those guys that will just do or say something that's outlandish that would just make your day, as he's made your year so far. Oh, apparently, man. I just oh god, that's, things you were looking for beautiful. twenty seconds and you come up with things. It's beautiful. That's all you got in that. That head? was beautiful. How many I, I'm emotion. Oh. If I'm a Kansas fan right now, I'm to tears. I am very emotionally moved. It's beautiful, isn't by it? how heartfelt that was. I'm just <laughs> incredible things. Uh, <laughs> Matt Patricia uh, yes. asked about the. He, so he was. I had to look this up. Aeronautical engineering was his bachelor's degree. So yep. the. Uh, you heard Steph Curry talk about his crazy theory about the moon. Which but, he's now said he's joking. This morning he came okay. out and said it was a joke. Okay. He didn't mean it. I was going to compare it to because Kyrie he's been Irving. Crushed. But, but Kyrie Irving is very serious about his right, flat right. earth, but a similar type of conspiracy theory, theory type thing. But Matt Patricia was asked about his thoughts on if the uh, anyone ever had landed on the moon and, and the whole thing was staged back in whatever, 68 or 69. We actually landed on the moon. Now, you're probably the only head coach in the league who would have been a rocket scientist. So have at it. Tell me your deal. Yeah, so it builds. <laughs> Trey, you can cut it off. That's pretty much it. He walks off the stage that at that point. He, the guy's like, you're the only person that could have really you know, been an engineering man. What do you think? You, know, you could have been a scientist. Uh, what do you think? Was the moon landing fake? And so he pounds on the table and says, so are the bills. And uh, I, I, I enjoyed that simply because Matt Patricia. Starting from the best. I mean, I don't know. Yes, no, I, I, I. The moon landing. Why are we still talking about the moon landing? Whether it's fair, like Steph Curry. How does Steph Curry have takes on the moon landing? I enjoy the fact that he's actually joking because if he was serious. Well, well again, I and I think he only said that because the backlash <laughs> of everyone has been crushing him, <laughs> yeah. and he said he just did it to uh, because he was making fun of something else, and it took legs, and he thought he'd go with it, and now he's getting. He's a whatever ists, you know, whatever they call those uh, flatlanders, not flatlanders, but whatever <laughs> Flat the other earthers. conspiracy for yeah. um, uh, for the moon landing. And so he has come out and said he's just kidding, NASA. He's still going to go on the trip. He's still going to do whatever. He's a fake mooner. Uh, yes. So that um, he, he's had to come out and say that now that he has uh, wow. been joking because I think he's been crushed. Again, sometimes I do think – People do get a little carried away. I didn't hear the whole podcast and, and no, the, the mood and the tone. You could clearly cut out pieces of our podcast and, and have us say things. Where we I'm even sure, do that sometimes. Yeah, for well, we, of course we do yeah. because I can't speak the English language, so that's a whole segment. Right. But that's uh, it's, it's a totally different thing. But I, I he came out and said that he's just – so, I, I, again, well, I don't know what you're trying to get. That's a guy just saying, hey, maybe I can get a fun story out of this. Yeah. And Patricia, again, who's worked with the most curmudgeon of curmudgeons, just gave it the, yeah, we're on to the bus. We're on to the bus. It's also the same guy yelled at a guy for having a little respect for the process to at least sit, sit up and ask a question. question so we've oh, got, uh, From the guy who had the jogging suit on yes. at the podium. Yes. So, so yeah. number two for Matt Patricia on Crazy Coach this year. 
Uh, what are your favorites? Because I, I don't really remember any other ones we've done, so you're going to have to jog my memory. It's just I thought your favorite, and I could be way off base. Now, again, I didn't know the Les Miles thing was coming. Oh, but, um, but I thought the Mike Gundy fart noise Twitter was going to be the top of your list. Uh, nah, it was good. I mean, it was funny. It got me to laugh the first time, but I can go back and listen to Les Miles again and again and again, and that will get me each time. Fart noise is like, okay, it's low-hanging fruit, right? I mean, it's, it's lowest common denominator humor. It's funny, but yeah. it kind of wears off for me a little bit. It never wears off for me. Is that yours? <laughs> that that number one? But I, I, think, I think it's up there. Again, it's hard because I was trying to I – mean, I, I, beautiful thing about doing a radio show is when you write down all your notes and then you don't bring them in here because I had four or five of them that I had thought about which were up there classics. And, of course, Mike Gundy's one of the more quotable guys that we have on the show because he gives you so much uh, a lot uh, – but uh, who was the coach early in the year that was getting in fights with like everyone? Derek Mason. Derek Mason. Yeah, Derek had, had some good quotes. At the beginning. That's right. He had two or three of them where he yelled at Brian Kelly, right? We ran that, uh, or we had to read it. We didn't have a soundbite where yeah. he basically told him if he had a problem with his team, he could just, he, he met him at midfield. He could have said something then and didn't. Yeah. So, uh, and then he, then he got in the argument with the whole sideline of Florida. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then I think he had one more. Uh, he nearly came to blows with like every team in the country in the first for the first like four, four or five weeks. weeks. Yeah, it was yeah. unbelievable. Man, I don't know how Randy Sanders is going to deal with them into the year next year. Well, ETSU ends at Vandy. We'll see how that goes. Where does Randy's fall in? Oh my goodness! I mean, oh, the that, the walking right montage like. that he was. Yes. I mean, what, what were your top three? You don't like the the couple that I like. One, the first one I liked is when he he told me he didn't want me to know where he lived. Yeah, that's. that's I think a, that's I think I think that was up there. I think the buttload of ice cream, just because I wasn't expecting buttload to come out at that point in time. Uh, the walking naked was the one that just jump started at all. So how do you not like that? Right. Um, and then. Uh, I we, think I think when he accused, and I don't know if it's on the launch, but when he accused, there oh, it no, is. no, you're not. <laughs> but I think when you uh, when he accused Marshy of point shaving at some point at the VMI. Uh, yes, I thought that the quarterback had. Which you probably shouldn't say as a college coach, no, but no, still, but still, I think just you you get that from him. It was funny. What was yours? I don't know. They're all good. It doesn't really. I, I enjoyed the. Uh, I enjoyed the um, putrid. Offense oh yeah, 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 yeah. That was just raw emotion, and it's it's much like talking to Coach Zell at halftime the last game. It's just I love the raw honesty and emotion because coaches can dress it up when they have time to sit there and think about. We stuff. We could have had Zell in this segment. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, just based off the quotes that she gave from that UNC Asheville game, we could have the entire thing. So I, there's been some good ones around college football, without a doubt. I mean, uh, by her criteria, I could be a Division One athlete because I have no talent, right? And and. Yeah, you don't do. You don't put forth a lot of effort though. Sometimes oh, that's, 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 uh, that's the yeah, part of the okay. thing. Where yeah, I'm you lost sure. me on that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So there's been some good ones across college, but we also had some just I think teaching ones really where we actually were curious. Like, okay, crazy coach. Like, uh, you know, what does it mean when uh, Coach Forbes had one at the beginning of the year where teams growing up a lot. You know, so teams. I mean, up even up, Roy Williams gave us. A Roy, bit, yeah, right? Roy Williams. So you know, there's been a lot of, of very solid ones, but I think that Les Miles one, boy, just the. I did. I did enjoy barren landscape of his mind. I did enjoy the Roy Williams though, where he, where I felt like as ba- as upset he was at his coaching, his players are going to be more upset. Yeah. At the next practice at yeah. his coaching and how bad it was for 31 years. Most bad. Yeah. Most upset I've been for 31 yeah, years. Yeah. Worst job he's done in 31 yes. years. Love and, that. and he was taking ownership and yeah. he was going to correct that. Yeah. And then I thought, boy, that's just not good for the team. That's just not good for the guys that got to run around. All right. Four quarters up next after this timeout. Santa's sidekick on the Buccaneers Sports Network. Let Ferguson's knowledgeable product experts kick off your next kitchen or bath project with the latest in touch and hands free faucets. High performance gas ranges or low-decibel dishwashers. They're really quiet. Request your appointment today at fergusonshowrooms.com. The best decision ever. Visit your local Ferguson showroom at 1000 Quality Circle in Johnson City and choose from an extensive lighting collection of the most sought-after brands. Find the one-of-a-kind fit for your home at Ferguson. The Firehouse Restaurant in downtown Johnson City has been a proud supporter of the Bucks since 1980. Our hickory smoked barbecue, sides, sauces, dressings, and desserts are all made from scratch because that's the way the locals like it. Our tailgate packs are available through Firehouse Catering for 12 or more, starting at just $8 per person. The packs are available all season on Fridays, Saturdays, and Mondays. For more information, visit thefirehouse.com. Come see us before the big game. The Firehouse, 627 West Walnut Street between ETSU and downtown Johnson City. 
Purchasing a new home, remodeling your home, First Bank and Trust makes applying for a loan easy. Our online application process is designed to allow you to stop anytime and pick up where you left off when it works for you. And after you submit an online application, you can check your loan status anytime. Visit or call me, Rose Fulton, today for help with your purchase, refinance, construction, or home loan. We're there for all your mortgage needs because we're your bank for life. Equal housing lender, member FDIC. This is the Pepsi that your father drank and your grandfather drank. When I was your age, we were... This is the Pepsi that your Uncle Ted drank when rock sounded like this. This is the Pepsi for American pastimes. Whether you're tailgating at a speedway or courtside watching your favorite player make a breakaway... He scores! This is the Pepsi for those who are forever fun. This is the Pepsi for every generation. No one knows better than the Bucks what it takes to compete on the college level. No one knows better than Bullseye what it takes to compete in the business market. At Bullseye, we provide innovative products and services to help our customers meet their business objectives, and you can count on us for graphic design, printing, mailing services, and much more. Bullseye, a preferred partner of the ETSU Athletic Department. Call Bullseye in Johnson City at 423-283-7772 or visit us on Hanover Road near Cheddar's. Bullseye for all your printing needs. Over the last 70 years, Johnson City Power Board has had a few different looks, but we've remained the same trusted partner you rely on. Now, we've changed our name to Bright Ridge to match our vision, to deliver on our promise of great service you can count on, embracing common sense technology to strengthen the communities we serve. We're glad to be your public power provider. Bright Ridge, new name, Renewed promise. Learn more at brightridge.com. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four quarters. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four quarters. Four quarters. Four quarters. Four, 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 four quarters. I'll be curious how the bumper works. Part of the appeal is that it sounds ridiculous. Yeah, oh, no. That's, I mean, half the show is that we sound ridiculous, exactly. if not three quarters of the show. Yeah, Except when we have guests, so they, they're fine. But uh, the non guests segment. And we're not including Trey. Trey Adams, uh, four quarters. All right, Trey, what do you got for us? The first quarter. Oh, we got it. It's Mike <laughs> this time. Hold on, hold on. Hold on. Do it again. I thought you were just going to do first quarter. No, hit, hit no. it. The first quarter. Yeah. 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 Beautiful. Right. Official. Sounds great. All right, so first quarter, a stat that the ETSU women's basketball team will dominate in tonight. They play North Carolina A&T. Guys, give me a stat. Steals. Oh, gosh. I mean, you took the – I know. That's why I went fast. Down. I had to say it very fast to get credit over Mike. That's very good. Hot points. We're going to win by 30. The second quarter. All right, who do you expect to be a leader – for Saturday's game, ETSU men's basketball traveling up to Illinois to take on the Fighting Illini. Well, the most interesting matchup is two very good uh, close friends will, will battle. Uh, and Andres Felice, who is the point guard, backup point guard for Illinois, he's played on the same Dominican Republic national team with Jeremy Rodriguez. They were roommates. They played one year at Northwest Florida Community College. As a matter of fact, Felice took an uh, unofficial visit up here last year and really contemplated coming mm. to ETSU. The big difference was Orlando Otegua, who was at South Florida, who was fired for all the academic scandals. Sal Murray Bartow got the job, is the lead assistant for Brad Underwood at Illinois. So that tie there, I think, led him to go to Illinois. Plus, let's be honest, it's a Big Ten school probably tough to to turn down as well so uh, I think that'll be an interesting part of it but they don't really go up against one another but I think they do need Rodriguez uh, to to beat up on an Illinois team that quite frankly has struggled to rebound this year well Aladdin Armas doesn't strike me as someone that is phased by these big environments I think he has a, a very impressive way of honing in doing his job and we see him maturing more and more each game I'm gonna see him Aladdin Armas third quarter all right so who is your all's current Favorite college basketball player to watch? Oh, Zion Williamson. I mean, they're six eight, two hundred ninety pounds running the floor, making. Da- I mean, it's just hard to argue with that. He he does some freakishly uh, things he, that he reminds, even when he misses dunks, it he, looks impressive. He reminds me of Royce White 
when he was at Iowa State, and I loved watching Royce White run point forward. Funny enough, against Duke, I believe it was, when they took them down to the wire. Uh, he did everything that game, and obviously he since has flamed out really of most basketball because of his fear of flying, and uh, he's a big mental health advocate now, obviously, and uh, has really campaigned to get back into the NBA, but he's gone about it a really weird way. I don't think it's going to happen. But Zion Williamson was like Royce White on steroids. It's incredible. The fourth quarter. All right, best quarter. Would you rather have the ability to fly or have telepathy? I don't want to know what Jay Sandos is thinking, ever. I'll fly. Fly away, far, far away. Do I want to fly (laughs) or do I want to know what everyone else is thinking? Is that that what it is? I don't want, yeah, I don't want any, any part of that. I'm flying, flying away from all the people and their weird thoughts. Well, people hate me so much, I don't really want to know that, so... And and I use wrong words all the time, and then I'm going to be dumbfounded by what they're thinking while I'm still trying to finish the sentence. So that's a lot to go on in your mind at the same time. That's a lot. To, yeah, I, gotta, I'm having trouble right now. <laughs> I don't even know what you're thinking. So I'm going to go. Fly. <laughs> I guess I'll go fly. Flying, I suppose sure. would be there. sure. Oh, I'd rather gosh. there be uh, teleport. It'd be a little faster. <laughs> I, can, I would like that better. No, tel- just, telepathy, not teleport. I get what you're saying, though. Yeah, good, good. Good call. Yeah. Can you combine the two? That's kind of like yeah, flying, sure. right? Teleporting and telepathy, see, see? the word and the thing. Yeah, well, now I know exactly what you're thinking. I don't like it. I'm, exci- don't I'm excited it. for tomorrow. Uh, Jacob Townsend and yourself. Yeah, I, yeah. we'll see. Two segments that's a uh, mystery to me. I'm so pumped. we'll have that tomorrow. We'll also have a recap of the women's game. We'll preview ETSU versus Illinois. I don't know what we're doing, bold predictions. We, uh, Me and Jacob may just give random bold predictions. We'll see what happens. Santos sidekick tomorrow. Buccaneer. Sports Network.